Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The Telegraph. The Telegraph. Podcasts. Hi, you're listening to Fashion Unzipped. I'm your host, Charlie Gowans Eglinton, Senior Fashion Editor at The Telegraph. With me in the studio today are Bethan Holt, Fashion News and Features Director. Hello. And Frankie Gradden, Acting Senior Fashion Editor. Hi. There are a couple of things that we as a team are obsessed with. Ghost dresses, quite high on the list since Frankie and I are both wearing them today. Really exorbitantly overpriced poke bowls every lunchtime. Delicious though. Uh, And royal wardrobes. Finally, we've had a sighting of Meghan Markle's mum style as she stepped out at Trooping the Colour. We've yet to see Archie's royal baby style. His look. (laughs) (laughs) What will his look be? But today we're talking everything royal fashion. This is a specialist subject. You basically have to be interested in royal style to work at The Telegraph. And if you're not, you have to learn quite quickly. (laughs) Very quickly. (laughs) As Frankie and I established. But Bethan, this one's in the blood for you. We've got a resident Diana expert in the booth. I mean, I am completely obsessed. I do, I would say, obviously you, you guys know me as being completely obsessed. And I would say these levels of obsession have only been reached since I've had the job that I do now and have had to forensically examine every outfit which the Duchess of Cambridge and the Duchess of Sussex or the Queen wears. Um, And so I have become completely engrossed in the whole thing. But um, I have always loved royal style and I did always used to steal my mum's Hello magazines when I was probably from about seven onwards. And I would always be looking at what Princess Diana was wearing or whatever. I just, I, I think it's fascinating, really fascinating. I heard, <laughs> Bethan, that you had quite an extreme reaction when Princess Diana died. No? <laughs> I don't know. What, was, what did you hear? I heard she was sort of inconsolable. For we a heard week. you cried for a week. What? <laughs> Is this just rumour? You made this up. You made this up. I did not. <laughs> I was only 10 years old. But what I did do, which is very sad, I was actually at my grandma's house the day that Princess Diana died. And um, I spent the whole morning looking through all her Hello magazines because she also had loads of Hello magazines. Um, yeah, so I spent the whole morning and then. Uh, we went and signed the book. My mum was my mum was a Diana fan in a different way as well. So um, we went and signed the book of condolence, and I remember it's probably one of my stand standout childhood memories. Actually, um, I remember watching the funeral with my parents. It was the first time I ever saw my dad cry. I mean, not like tears, but like there was a tear on his face, which 
I'd never really seen before from my dad. So I think it's things like that where you realise the the kind of emotional impact and, and what these what this family kind of means to mm. the nation. And I mean, whenever you talk to anyone about it, they kind of remember where they were the week that that Diana died. Um but it was probably only as I got older that the fashion aspect really started to kind of absorb me. And yeah, I just think it's you know, that these are people who don't really talk that much. So a lot of what you construe about them is from the clothing choices that they make, whether that's a tiara or whether it's a pair of Zara jeans. I think as well, royal women especially have always been style icons and they've always dictated trends. But I think it really has changed in in the last 10 years, really with the Duchess of Cambridge, I would say, because now that we have, you know, the internet, we have these fast responses, we have social media, when they do step out, we know immediately what they're wearing. Uh, everyone's talking about it. It, it. There are women everywhere who kind of actually aspire to be like them to the point that they will buy those exact clothes or replicate mm. their looks online. Beth, and you've interviewed some of these women, haven't you? I the, have. I actually got an email from one of them this morning. The replicates. Yes, they What's are you? the replicates. They're fascinating. Not not many of them are British. Most of them are American or Canadian or Australian. And they will literally go to any length to, they call it replicate, you know, replicate um, what, um, what Kate wears. And particularly if it's a, you know, something that's affordable. And I think, I think that's probably what has really kind of catalyzed this movement is that, I mean, you look back to, um, uh, Kate and William's engagement pictures and, um, you know, those very early days. And here was a, a, a princess in waiting who was wearing Zara. She was wearing whistles. She was wearing Reese. She was wearing things that people could buy. And however much you kind of think the queen looks amazing in her pink dress coat or whatever, it's not really something that any of us can go out and purchase. You can admire it from afar. But Kate kind of engineered this effect you know the Kate effect of you know people could dress like her and so they they did she didn't wear bespoke things that I mean she does a little bit more now but it's definitely all mixed together. If you dear listener are thinking what kind of crazy person plans their wardrobe around what a royal wears um <laughs> you are <laughs> currently in the process of shooting for uh, Stella magazine. Yeah. Uh, a little article, <laughs> a Diana a day. <laughs> Tell us more, please. Thanks. Thank you for making me sound so bonkers, Charlie. I do wonder what people think about this, but I'm actually, not, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not ashamed. I was talking to someone at dinner about this last night. And what I think is so special and amazing about Princess Diana's wardrobe is that it doesn't matter what your style is, you can do a bit of Diana. There's a Diana for everyone. There is a Diana for everyone, Brandy. <laughs> There's sporty Diana. There's red carpet Diana. <laughs> Beach house Diana. <laughs> Diana. I, I like yacht Diana. Oh, We yeah. need to do yeah. a quiz, which Diana are you? Because I'm yeah. sure they're probably, on the fashion team, there's probably a Diana for everybody. Yeah. But Bethany, you're all of them rolled into one, right? Absolutely. Well, apart from kind of um, mid-80s dynasty B 
big shoulders, okay. Diana. I think I do draw Not the line you. somewhere, Soz. So, um, I feel like you might have a shoulder padded blazer. Yeah, I do, but... It's not covered in We're not like green spangles. And, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, uh, I describe my personal style. Well, I will be describing my personal style in the article. And you now have heard it here first. As um, Diana 82 meets Diana 96. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's lots of frilly collars, bows, polka dots. Um, and then the antidote to that is kind of loafers, jeans, blazers. And sometimes you can meld the two together into a, the perfect blend of Diana's. So that might be a kind of a pussy bow blouse with a blazer and a pair of jeans and some loafers. I would say basically every day there's some element of my outfit that you could put a Diana stamp on. But it's not like it's intentional. I'm not, I'm, it's not like I'm like, oh, what Diana look am I going to wear today? It's more just, I just find, you know, I'd much rather look to her for inspiration than some kind of you know, boring influencer. But as much as I tease you, the fashion industry does look at the royals so much, and especially Princess Diana. I mean, a couple of seasons ago, Off-White, a very cool Parisian label, looked at Princess Diana uh, for inspiration and that the collection was based around that. And and actually, Alessandra Rich, who is the designer who uh, a lot of the royals and that set are shopping now, um, for these, I mean, beautiful polka dot dresses, pleated, um, very expensive. But, you know, she actually said that Princess Diana was one of her muses. So she's referencing Diana. Frankie, why do you think fashion has this obsession with her? I think what's really interesting with Diana, um, what I've found is I appreciate it so much more years later. And I think What's interesting is that, you know, obviously when you see someone at the time wearing a great outfit, you think, oh God, you know, I can appreciate that that's a great outfit. But I think the thing that, you know, Diana's style is so enduring and I think, you know, we're still talking about it all these years later and it still feels so relevant all these years later. And I think that sort of, you know, you get, it's so rare to find somebody, you know, they really are rare that these 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 styles really transcend you know these people have styles that transcend and she is absolutely one of those and i it's interesting that she can continually be a source of inspiration for people i think that's really special i think that's at the heart of what is so so special about her style and why it keeps being you know revisited i think i think as the other thing that is amazing about diana is when you see her in contrast to someone like kate who looks very controlled Every, she always looks so perfectly, appropriately put together. You would never see Kate being photographed in her garden wearing a sweatshirt that says, I'm a luxury. <laughs> you would never see her at a yeah. polo match in a sweater that was covered in white sheep with one black sheep. I mean, imagine the field day we would have today if Kate did something like that. All the messages we would think were being construed from that. Mm. There was this, and she was so young when she became a princess. You know, she was like, I think, 19, 20 years old. So she kind of grew up and there's this, there's this relatability. We've all had fashion disasters and Diana had plenty of fashion disasters, which makes the great moments even, even greater. Better. But I guess, I guess in that respect, then, Princess Diana had so much more freedom. You know, we were saying about social media. Now, Kate steps outside the front door and we've all looked at what she's wearing and we've all done our analysis of it. Um, so in that respect, she did have much more freedom. 
Definitely. Um, and then, you know, you get, you get these sort of moments of like real comedy in her, you know, in her fashion choices. That sort of maybe that more of that free spirit coming through, which and a sense of character, which, you know, I think is always really appealing when you're you know, looking to dress yourself. I think as well that the mic drop that was that Versace makeover. Oh, my God. And we were talking about um, this morning, actually, uh, Bethan flagged. I think I don't know how you knew this, Bethan, but it's 25 years since um, Diana's kind of revenge dressing moment. Just in your personal calendar, was it? <laughs> no. Well, I was looking it up for the article I'm writing and I noticed the date was whatever the date was. The 19th of June. Yeah. 29th of June. 29th of June. Yeah. But that is amazing that 25 years later, that is still... It's iconic. It's still mm. a reference for us. Yeah. You know, it's it's still something referenced by designers, referenced by journalists, but also I think even modern women think about that transformation, her transformation, mm. because it was so night and day, that kind of the shift as she kind of shed the... And actually the story of that look has kind of come out and how she was meant to be wearing a different dress by a different brand that day. And they'd accidentally done a press release saying, oh, she's going to be wearing um, our dress tonight. And when Diana saw that, she was like, ugh, I'm going to just get something out of my wardrobe. And so she'd had this dress in her wardrobe for quite a while. And she'd had, she had felt it probably wasn't really quite appropriate to wear. And obviously she knew that Prince Charles was going to be on TV that night talking about how, you know, his infidelities. And, um, you know, she'd actually said she wasn't going to go to the Serpentine summer party. And then, you know, she was like, actually, I am going to come. I'm going to wear this incredible little black dress. And I'm going to be on the front of all the newspapers. I mean, it's genius. And it shows the power of fashion. You know, it's not some, it's not this silly little silly little thing I mean that was such a statement and that put her somewhere in the history books that actually I don't it helped her shape her narrative but also that is so relatable as well you almost get you know obviously I know dressing royally you have to be so considered and so planned but with Diana that meant you know that sort of thought process of thinking do you know what I'm going to wear something that's going to absolutely knock their socks off I think so many people can relate to that. Yeah. And it's so endearing, isn't it? Because you think, yes, I've been in those moments where you just think, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it and give them all something to, you know, write about. Maybe not in the national press for most of us, but I just think it's, you know, I think that is just so charming. And, it, you know, part of her relatability, definitely. I mean, nowadays you would, I don't know, you might, I don't know, break up with a boyfriend or something and you know if you post a picture of you looking super hot on Instagram or Facebook or whatever I know I definitely did that back in the day on Facebook like someone was telling me that they changed their WhatsApp pic <laughs> when they stopped seeing someone <laughs> to like one a bikini shot right I mean good on you this girl. is what modern modern dating looks like yeah but yeah it, it, it was that kind of fuck you moment yeah I do think as much as she has provided a formula for the younger royals, she was perhaps a bit more of a rebel than they are allowed to be. Mm. I, for me personally, I think that's possibly because she was all born into the aristocracy. And when it's a birthright, I think it's then much easier to know how far you can push it. 
and how far you can rebel. Um, you know, I think for for Kate, when she married into the royal family, and for, for Meghan as well, the headlines of, you know, are they are they worthy of this? They you know? So they're constantly proving themselves. And it's and it's, you know, these rags to riches stories. And they're not rags, like neither of them, <laughs> neither of their lives beforehand was this triumphant escape from poverty or they had lovely lives. Uh, you know, Megan was a, a TV actress, um, but there is this constant, are they good enough? Uh, will they be able to measure up? Will they be appropriate or are they going to mess up straight away? And I think people are kind of waiting for them to mess up. I think Megan is particularly interesting for this because I think she has towed the line a lot less than than Kate did. And maybe that's because of her her background. Like you say, she's probably 10 years older than Kate was coming into like the royal life. And she's a fem- she talks about being a feminist and women's rights and being quite independent. And I think you then see that in her fashion. So, you know, there, there's been the first ever kind of event where we thought we might see her in a kind of fabulous red carpet dress. She turned up in a black suit trousers you know and I know it's 2019 or whatever and it that was 2018 and you know girls can wear trousers but for a royal woman to go on an evening engagement where you're expecting to see her in a sparkly princess dress and she turns up in a great black suit I mean that is a statement or wearing like a mini dress she's worn a lot of really short short skirts and I think that's amazing I think she you know but it's interesting that just just that small, quite actually small rebellion still feels so significant today, despite Diana, it's, you know, and being so many years on from that. And yet, have we really gone anywhere? Well, it's why she kind of draws parallels to Princess Margaret mm. um, more than anyone, because even in the designers that she chooses to wear, uh, choosing international designers, you know, when we were all sat in this newsroom, waiting for her to step out in the wedding dress. And, you know, eight different stories had been written, potential stories that, that you know, with the background information of the designers, because we were like, it's got to be one of these. These are the best of British. These are, you know, top of their trade, really well-known brands, like no smirches on there kind of I'm getting I'm getting traumatic flashbacks to my extreme reaction to Megan's wedding dress do you remember it (laughs) I'm still so embarrassed what was your extreme reaction (laughs) so we were so to put into context the telegraph offices are a huge newsroom it's kind of like the daily planet yeah and in the middle of the newsroom is the really important news desk foreign desk business desk Sports desk. We sit in a corner. Usually the fashion desk sits in a corner. (laughs) But on the royal wedding day, we were allowed to sit on the foreign desk. We took over the foreign desk that day because... Someone even commented on how we smelt. Yes. When we, when we came, they were like, oh, you, you smell, smell nice. nice. We, we were that much of a foreign fashion. entity on the news floor. So, so this is the most visible the fashion team has ever been. And then Megan gets out of the car and they announce it's Givenchy. And all the senior editors are there, the news editors are there. And I was just like, oh my God, she's wearing Givenchy. That's the brand that Wallace Simpson wore to um, the Duke of Windsor's funeral. This is insane. This is Megan. This is a French brand. And I was just going a bit crazy. and. Um, yeah, I'm sure they all just thought I was totally bonkers. But I was shocked about that. And I mean, 
Yeah. The last time Givenchy was worn at Windsor Chapel at a big royal event was when Wallace Simpson, Hubert de Givenchy stayed up all night to make Wallace Simpson's coat for her husband's funeral. You know, she was the ultimate rebel of the royal family. They hated her. And then Meghan walks in wearing a Givenchy dress. And I know it was all about how Claire Waite Keller is a British designer and her and Meghan got on really well. And I think that's wonderful. And it was an amazing dress, an amazing moment. But knowing that, you know, you could, I, personally, I just felt that undertone. But yeah, now I feel traumatised thinking back to that moment. <laughs> but she had to have known as well. I mean, there were so many headlines. So many people were quick to make the uh, parallels to Wallace Simpson because she's an American divorcee mm. and, you know, a little bit older and a little bit more experienced behind her and and had a name for herself kind of already. So I think lots of red top papers and we're, we're quick to kind of say yeah. she's she's the Wallace of our generation. Yeah. And she's stealing Harry away and, you know, yeah. who knows what will happen. Um and I, I, she had to know that by wearing Givenchy, she was going to, you know, stir up a hornet's nest. She probably nest. did. And she was probably just have, trying to have a, you know, a little bit of fun with it. You know, a li- you know, a little bit of, uh, I'm sure she was very aware of what she was doing, but thought, well, you know, this will give them something to really get their teeth into. Yeah. I love it. Bit of attitude. <laughs> but do we think that her style since being married... Do we think she's towing the line a little bit now? The great disappointment was the first royal duty. You know, she stepped out in that ghost dress, which was a beautiful... Goat. In that goat dress, which was a beautiful, you know, um, sheer at the top, cream column dress, long-sleeved, really elegant, really lovely. It looked great with a hat. And she wore those nude tights and they were like mm-hmm. shiny and just the worst kind of But again, of it was tights. a gift for us because then we just went to town saying, oh my gosh, she's been duchessified. <laughs> you could almost imagine, you know, her, you know, her wedding day is over and, you know, I don't know, someone going into her and saying, okay, right. Megan, here is a 20 pack of nude tights. You must wear these every moment you're seen in public. This is your life now, Megan. (laughs) Hand over your Instagram account. Here is the princess starter pack. I mean, maybe it wasn't quite like that, but, you know, it it was a gift. And I'm sure she knew we would say that. And since then, she's gone bare legs again. It's totally fine. But it was such a moment. It was such a like, no, this is who I am now. Because it it can get... Let's be honest, a little boring for us. Mm. When the Duchess of Cambridge, it's very relatable that she rewears things. That's great. Stop wearing the same stuff, Kate, because <laughs> when you're in the business of writing about clothes, it's really not interesting to write about the same dress four times. No. So, but, I mean, sustainable applause to her. Sustainable applause to her. But it's, you know, it's not great for the headlines. No. I do think that. From from my point of view, it seems that Meghan's wardrobe, which is by all accounts quite expensive, um, the engagement dress that was £56,000 from mm-hmm. Ralph and Russo, uh, you know, covered in crystals compared to Kate's very elegant, you know, blue crossover dress for her engagement photos by Issa. Thank you, Bethan. See, I don't even need to. I don't even need to research this. <laughs> She's honestly a I'm font so, of all royal knowledge. So sad, but it's not sad. It's 
Very impressive. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the, that contrast was extreme, especially mm. because Kate is marrying an heir and is much more likely to one day be queen uh, than Meghan. And yet here was Meghan in this proper Hollywood showstopper of a dress. Um, I do think actually perhaps it's given Kate the freedom to spend a little bit more on her clothes and feel like she can be a bit more playful with fashion because I think she had tried to be so relatable and so careful not to attract any of those headlines of, oh, look, she's spending all the royal coffers on couture, that she was perhaps more relatable than she needed to be. Mm -hmm. One of my um, recent outfits of hers that I've absolutely loved is when she was at the Chelsea Flower Show and she had those front button-up trousers, um, brown crop ones. Were they Uta? No, Massimo Dutti. Massimo Dutti with, was it an MIH? Blouse. Blouse. She looked yeah. great. She and did, sort of, of a Broadway blouse and then some Superga plimsolls. Um, and understated, you know, definitely still playing to that. Um, you know, it wasn't flashy, which, you know, she's not. But I guess it was just those, you know, the cropped trouser with the button-up front just felt, that felt far more fashion-forward than... I think we've seen her. It's definitely just so much more modern mm. because that's the thing. I think comparing some of Kate's, you know, dress coat, little ladylike top handle bag, mm. court shoe outfits to some of Princess Diana's outfits, if you were just looking at the clothes, you'd think Diana's were the more recent. Yeah. Because I don't know any woman who wears pastel dress coats. And I know she's a royal, but. That's well, not... any woman in her 30s, you know, how old's Kate? 30? 30... 37. So she's still so young. You know, yeah. it's not a uniform she has to wear. She she did kind of just take the, this is appropriate, the Queen wears it, and run with it. Mm. And I do think... I think she mostly does that when she's going to a kind of a church service or a very more kind of sombre event or a very celebratory royal kind of setting where it is very traditional or you know but um yeah I think she's got a much broader range now than she once did which is nice so we've only seen Megan twice since she's given birth um first for the official kind of introduction to the queen uh, and she was wearing Grace Wells Bonner that white. which was amazing mm, I mean beautiful. she looked fantastic yeah I think white is shocking um brave that close after giving birth. I mean, none of us in this room have given birth, but all the mothers in the office were horrified and told us at length about the bleeding, uh, which is something that will stay with us now, I think. Um, Can't wait. <laughs> must have been a lot going on underneath there. Yes, lots of padding. But she looks fantastic. Kate also did that when she had Charlotte, I think she wore a white dress about five hours after giving birth. That Impressive. must have felt... Mm. I mean, Megan chose not to buy into that same kind of front steps mm. of, uh, well, Kate Kate gave birth always in the Lindo wing and Megan gave birth in a different hospital, um, but chose not to do that kind of immediate portrait of here we are with the baby. Um, it had been a little bit longer and she'd had a little bit more time to recover. But Grace Wells Bonner was an interesting choice because here is a young British designer who won't be known to to most people and you know Megan we hadn't seen her in a while that's a huge moment those are official pictures that will be kind of immortalized why do you think she chose Grace 
Well, first of all, she's mixed race and, you know, she talks, you know, she has addressed lots of um, kind of racial and gender kind of topics in her collections. She actually started out as a menswear designer. I actually was one of the judges on her Simone's MA show. Oh, you, Charlie, you're responsible for her success. Yeah, it was all me. Congratulations. Um, I don't think I was actually down to choosing anything. Was it just a figurehead? <laughs> also fascinating was that the week, I think it was the week before, um, Grace had, had won the, the Vogue Fashion Fund prize. Mm. Um, and it was actually Vogue, which was the first, they tagged Grace on their picture. And that was the only way that we knew that the dress was was by Grace. We were all kind of trying to work out where the dress was from. and. And then Vogue detagged it and it was all very confusing and it was only like four hours later that it was actually confirmed. But today it's become even more fascinating because we kind of knew that Megan and the editor of Vogue, Edward Enenfull, have been talking to each other and there's probably some expectation that Megan would do something. But that was kind of the first um, hint that they were probably working together because that's quite an interesting coincidence that Megan would wear the designer who's just won the Vogue Fashion Fund. Um, maybe a coincidence, who knows. Um, and now today there's a kind of a new story going around. I mean, who knows if this is definitely true, but that Megan is going to edit September Vogue. Yes, but she's not going to be on the cover. Mm. So will she choose a cover girl then? Or a cover woman? So the she's going to do, she's guest editing and there will be a shoot her and then she will but just her no harry no archie sob sob indeed very excited to see what archie was going to be wearing but i'm fascinated to see what the inside of their house looks like can't wait for that what what do you think her interior style is like well so the house um so it's frogmore cottage in windsor and it's just been redone if i remember correctly um so i imagine it looks pretty pristine but i'd love to know what style she's done it in whether she's sort of gone for that classic english countryside um aesthetic or if she's just gone full cali cool mm, i, I think it's it. soho house vibes because didn't she get someone who used to be yes of you're right at soho house right. to to do well, we it we saw those instagrams didn't we of the the teapot tea, was it yeah that she she hosted tea yeah and she had some soho house kind of crockery yeah I think so, yeah. Which was a hint. I'm so thinking, chic, rustic. I'm thinking Monterey chic, you know, Ooh. a bit like Big Little Lies. Oh, yeah. Kind of beach house. I mean, it, I love it. It's not the architecture for it, Megan, let's be honest. No. <laughs> Should have whacked in a Laura Ashley sofa. Yeah. And um, got the old Farrow and Ball out. <laughs> vegan paint in the nursery. That was another big right. rumour. Oh, yeah. Vegan I didn't know ve- paint wasn't vegan. I'm thinking perhaps Megan might be positioning herself as a bit of a Gwyneth. Mm. Barefoot wellness. Yeah. I think tousled hair, because obviously, you know, she's, um, we all know her for her messy bun, um, which has had to sleek up a little bit in, mm. in recent. It was a hard bun at Trooping the Cover. It was a hard yeah. bun, wasn't it? You was there a donut in that. there? Potentially. <laughs> Potentially. Shellacked. Yes. Um, <laughs> but I, I imagine, <laughs> I imagine back at home, we're probably going to see those trademark tousled waves come back out. I'm hoping for it to be down don't know about you um do you know frankie i hadn't given it a thought yet no <laughs> you're the first person to dream i even hadn't thought about that yet so <laughs> i'm hoping for hair down i'm hoping for that lovely glossy glowy skin mm. um 
sort of all a bit belly there. Megan's got beautiful skin, beautiful eyebrows. Um, so I'm sort of hoping for that to be all very unnatural. Definitely barefoot. Love this idea. Um, and then we were discussing earlier, maybe with like something baking in the oven or like a nice plate of biscuits on the side mm. to look very sort of well A dog romping through the garden. Ooh, yeah, she welcoming. did a banana cake, didn't she? And I think it was in Australia. She cooked a banana cake. Trendy. Is that, it is on that her the cake little thing? The moment? I don't know. It is now. That's cake. her trademark bake. Yeah. Um, and then, but I mean, I am very interested to hear what she is going to be wearing. Um, apart from Gracewell's bonnet, the the last public outing we saw her wearing a dress and matching coat from Claire Waite Keller, not for Givenchy. Very confusing. It's still that's still a bit of a mystery. It is a bit of a mystery. Mm. So you know, are we going to see another bespoke design from her? I think that might have been to throw us off the scent. Let's touch on Baby Archie. Oh, obviously, William and Kate's three are adorable. Did you see Louis doing the like the railway children? Louis wave at Trooping for Colours was my was he, He'd been practising. He was so enthusiastic. <laughs> Threw his whole little body behind that. Sweet. But he was wearing um, the little outfit that Harry wore to Trooping the Colour, which kind of shows how the royals know that using, um, using fashion can even work on that children's level. It can show this continuity. It's like, look, 33 years ago this was worn and now this is being worn again today. We are the voice of... Or the the image of security and safety in this crazy world, you know, you're always going. We're always going to deliver. That is what a little smock shirt can say. They must have a lot of clothes storage. Mm. I mean, they are holding on to their stuff for years. Also, I mean, not a moth hole. So no, no. pristinely preserved. Do you think there's some sort of like basement archive that royal children's temperature temperature controlled? Mm. But are we going to have a modern royal baby in Archie? Do you think? Well, it depends how much we see of him because they've kind of said that we may not see all that much of him. Um, but Harry has said before that he's not so into the kind of really traditional clothes. So, I mean, Stella McCartney kids would be great. It'd be interesting to see how gendered they go mm-hmm. with Archie's clothes. You know, whether they will sort of stick to the traditional blue for a boy and short, you know, they sort of slightly more traditional little boy clothing or whether they'll go into a more of a unisex vibe I would I would wouldn't be surprised if they did if it sounds like we're overthinking it we are we're not (laughs) that's the the really bizarre thing with um royal dressing though is is how carefully read into these things are and how much of a political kind of statement it can be you know I think even last week's um, the Trump tour in the UK and seeing Melania Trump and and Ivanka to an extent dressing, um, you know, trying to dress diplomatically, but then also sending messages with their clothes. And it's something that Kate especially has has done particularly well over the years, you know, sometimes really literally wearing a maple leaf brooch in Canada or you know, on a three-day tour, she'll wear the three different colours of a of a flag. Um, you know, in that host country or designers from that country. Um, but it's also a way to send a kind of power message to try and use soft power. I mean, there are so many different nuances to royal dressing, and this is something they are thinking about. I remember um, 
uh, on the, I think it was the first anniversary of the Grenfell Tower fire, um, the Queen wore a, a green outfit when she was out on, on, on engagements that day. And obviously green is the colour of kind of the Grenfell Memorial and everything. And everyone was like, oh, the Queen is wearing green because of Grenfell. And um, I remember our royal correspondent telling me that she was a bit sceptical about this. And she sort of thought, oh, probably not. It was probably just a coincidence. And she asked the press office and the press office were like, mm, yeah. You know, and I mean, that's, you know, the Queen has her dresser, Angela Kelly, and they're thinking in such, they, I, they, I think when you read things into it, I'm sure that they have, it's something that they will have thought about themselves. Although there was the Queen wore that the tiara last week with the Burmese rubies in, yeah, which were given to her to ward off evil, and everyone was like, "Oh my God, the Queen's wearing it!" And I think while most the people Trumps were, were in like, town. "Yeah, while the Trumps <laughs> were in town," everyone was like, "Well, maybe that's a a message too far." But who knows? I like it. I'm going with it. <laughs> <laughs> you keep those rubies on, Liz. <laughs> um, well. I think we could talk about this all week, but Frankie's actually got a news story on the Royals to finish. So do. Time's a ticking. That's all we've got time for. Guys, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you. Thank you. Um, it's been fun. Bethan's got to dash back and put on these sweatshirt and cycling shorts that are currently draped over the back of her chair for her latest Diana a Day update. Jim Diana. I'm quite scared about this one. It's not one I've actually attempted before. <laughs> <laughs> cycling shorts are a trend. They are. If anyone can pull this off, Bethan, it's absolutely you. Yeah. We'll see. We have nothing but faith in you. Thanks, guys. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. Thank you. If you've still got more washing up to do, more suds in the bath, or more of your run to finish, then why not listen to my interview with Alexandra Schulman last episode? She had lots of brilliant things to say about life at Vogue and after Vogue, and why you shouldn't be afraid to have a strong opinion. But if you're all caught up on the podcast and fancy more of our fashion writers' take on the latest trends, social commentaries and celebrity interviews, then head to telegraph.co.uk forward slash fashion unzipped sub, where you can get 30 days free access to all of our premium content. To join the conversation, email me at unzipped at telegraph.co.uk or find me on Instagram and Twitter at Charlie Gowans. I'll be back with another episode of Fashion Unzipped in two weeks. Thanks for listening. <laughs> 